This is exactly right. I'm Kate Winkler Dawson, a journalist, author, and podcast host. And I'm Paul Holes, a retired investigator with experience solving some of America's most notorious cold cases. Together, we host Buried Bones, a historical true crime podcast on the Exactly Right Network. Each week, we examine a different case from history and use our years of experience and 21st century forensics to bring new insights into these very old tragedies. Like the time the Sausage King of Chicago's wife went missing in 1897. Don't miss new episodes every Wednesday. Follow Buried Bones wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Babs Gray, and ugh, I canceled Netflix, so now I have to go literally anywhere else to hear cis men do bad comedy about trans people. (laughs) 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 Bing, bang, bong. I'm Brandi Posey, and um, so Seth Green bought a board ape NFT that got stolen and it was supposed to start its own animated show, but now it can't because it got stolen. And I know that this is funny, but I refuse to learn enough about NFTs to know how funny it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Tess Barker, and there's always some ambivalent emotions when my watch congratulates me for standing up. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Lady to Lady. Can you keep a secret? Neither can we. <laughs> everyone this is the lady to lady podcast lady podcast uh, oh did you think you were listening to something else we're here we're here yep. <laughs> i'm wearing here. i just want to give a shout out to my i'm wearing a tommy bahama it's fantastic thank i thought you. it was tommy bahama thank it's you great. <laughs> two yeah. tone, it's like a two-tone tommy bahama bowling shirt it's like a bowling but i feel yeah. i feel it would be appropriate for the beach or also oh, like perfect. your niece's wedding yeah mm-hmm. well also you're recording in in sean's studio so you really look like our like radio am dj yes. in a tommy bahama <laughs> shirt right now too like it, it's fully giving me like am radio vibes i love it yeah i feel like i should be on a show that's called like sassy and the bear or something <laughs> yeah. I, I have to say one of our one of us has a future of being sassy in sassy and the bear <laughs> yeah. if not all three i think all three yeah 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 <laughs> Auga. i'll be the sound effect board <laughs> man we um have a really fun show today i'm really excited for our guest y'all. Yeah. oh my god it's so good a blast She's fun. So much fun. She's really, really interesting. She's got so much good information, but also just really funny. And we just had a great time with this hang. Yeah, she is a certified intimacy educator and author of The Game of Desire and also host of the podcast Lovers and Friends. She's also a sex and relationship expert on Peacock's new dating show, X-Rated. And she you can also catch her on Netflix's show, Too Hot to Handle. Please check out our very fun combo with Shan Boudram. I am, uh, let's just... 
get our guest on. I'm so excited to have her. Oh my God, Shan Budram. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be part of the lady gang. Is that how it works? Am I now part of the gang? Yeah, yes. you just jumped in. This is your initiation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Or we're just, I'm gang adjacent still. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> no, you're in the lady fam now for sure. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. It's like the babysitter's club. Like we like welcome everybody in immediately. <laughs> part of the fam. <laughs> I'm excited to have you on the show because you know, we've been doing our show for a long time and we give advice but you're like you know a very legitimate you're advice giver you're way beyond so i'm excited for people to have people (laughs) beyond ourselves a professional yes you know what though my like mantra for what i do for a living though is empowering everyone to be a sex and relationship expert right because in essence i really literally cannot have sex with brandy better than brandy can have sex with brandy like i just don't have the knowledge (laughs) oh my god Thank you for that. (laughs) Everyone has information and knowledge and experience. And so what I love about what I do for a living is like, I'm actually a professional student. I think Mm -hmm. every time I talk to someone, I learn something new. So to call myself like the be all and end all expert would be so ridiculous because five minutes ago and five minutes from now, you're going to say something that I've never heard before. So I'm going to learn from that. Um, So I want to uplift you all as experts and as people who people should go to for advice. Oh my God! Thank you. Thank you. Can you can you call all of our parents and say that exact thing to them on the phone? We would appreciate that. That's the point of the podcast, honey. Yeah. You just play this clip for them, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure here. That's the only. This is the only clip we will play for them. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I yes. Love thank it. you for. Um, so, what for got you into like sex and relationships? Is that something that you had an early interest in at a young age? I mean, I guess we all had interest in sex and relationships relationships at a young age but uh, yeah well how did you find your way into this path no it says I exactly word for word like that is it I you know how some kids are naturally drawn to the piano I feel like I was naturally drawn to the human body but if a kid is drawn to the piano parents are like yay lessons and you know young prodigy and if your kid is naturally drawn to the body you're like no 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 evil yeah. shameful bad don't touch <laughs> that way that was pretty much my story wherein like there was a natural innocence and like an understanding that this was a beautiful part of life mm-hmm. that was discouraged from my family's perspective because it could be embarrassing for them sometimes And then also, I think from a school perspective, it was discouraged. I mean, really all the way up until university. Um, And so in essence, for me, what ended up happening is when I turned 14 years old and hormones came into play, essentially, I had a really great drive, but I also felt deep shame. So I was like, okay, the only way I can act out on my drive is by doing it in sneaky ways and in underground ways. So the way that I learned about sex was very sneaky. The way that I had sex was very sneaky. I didn't have the benefit of learning from people or talking to people who knew better. And that just led to a really shitty teen sex life, uh, which I'm sure many of us have had. But when oh, yeah. I turned 19, as of this fork in the road of like, okay, either everyone else was right. All the other adults, this is a terrible part of your life that makes penises green and vaginas itch and feel awful. (laughs) Self-esteem's low. Mm -hmm. Or I've just been interacting with it in a very uneducated and unhealthy way. So I did the 19 year old thing and got a library card and went to the library every single day for a whole summer and read every single textbook on sex. And I was like, wow, there's great information here. It just needs to be repackaged so that People like myself who are looking for information but don't really know where to look, it would stumble across them somehow. So I just embarked on a mission to make sex education sexy and accessible 
And that's when I was 19. I'm now 37. And that's pretty much my mantra to this day. Well, I love in your bio, you're like, it's Dr. I'm Dr. Ruth meets Rihanna. I feel like it's a I perfect. Yes. <laughs> that's what we need. I'd be so embarrassed if I eat, if I met either one of them in real life, <laughs> I'd be horrifying, but yeah, it's an easy way to understand it. You know, it's kind of like, sure. being like, Oh, it's like Cheerios meets Lay's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I'm kind of you. It's what people tell me. <laughs> are you, are you finding that like that, shame and lack of education is still a thing with like younger people coming up that have access to the internet earlier and earlier now too, or. I think it's less. I mean, I don't know if you guys have access to younger people, but I've got a niece um, who's 11 and a nephew who's 13 who are like really like my inroads, like what's happening. And they're so comfortable with, uh, especially when it comes to queer expression or Mm -hmm. um, rejecting the binary. Like there's so many of their friends who identify as non-binary or identify as pansexual, um, so it's really fascinating to me from that regard that there's so much more awareness. So I think it's definitely improving. I mean, it started to improve with the access to the internet, which I was like kind of at the forefront of, I'm like a leading edge millennial. Mm-hmm. So I started to see a transition already happen. And now I think, I think it's getting better and better. I know people like to pretend like the kids today, they're having sex and they're so crazy, but I think it's the opposite. I think the kids today know a lot more than a lot of adults do. Well, like kids are going to get finger blasted in cars. That's just how it works. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's a bumper sticker. Can I also say that I really appreciate leading edge millennial to geriatric millennial? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> I Yeah, it's so... Aren't you man. dead yet, millennial? <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. You're still alive? <laughs> yeah, I definitely, as a teen, was um, exploring my sexuality very underground and by which, I mean, I was a virgin <laughs> the whole yeah. time. Who but couldn't drive? I, you know... Yeah, who couldn't drive? I actually could drive, which makes it even sadder. You be fucking if you're driving. But um, no, I it was just so interesting because I grew up in Salt Lake City, so it's just like it was so you know like taboo to do anything, and every kid who did anything, you were like, oh, they're a slut and all this stuff. And I think that's common, obviously, but just the amount of kids actually being sexually active was so few, and mm-hmm. like it made it so taboo. And I was just like on the internet cybering because I was like, all right, I got a nut somehow. Which is so fascinating about Salt Lake City because then everybody also get married at like 17. Well, because yeah. they want to fuck. Because yeah. they want to fuck. Like, that's why. They're like, I need to fuck so hard, but it has to be in front of God or whatever. So yeah, yeah. They, get, they get married super young because they're like going crazy. Yeah, I just want to cuck God. And that's my uh, <laughs> ultimate fantasy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me happy to know that the Barbie dolls of today are having much more satisfying sex than our youth. <laughs> yes. I yeah, yeah, that's actually I a so. real truth. One of the episodes <laughs> of my podcast is called Naked Barbies and Humping Pillows. And it's about uh-huh. my early sex life. And it was interesting because I was talking about, you know, my coming of sex story. Mm-hmm. And fascinatingly enough, my sister had this memory of us like playing with Barbies and having this sex scene. Mm-hmm. And she was like, it was definitely going too far. It was uncomfortable. And I, we both knew what exact scene that was. So, yeah. I'll, I'll you yes, <laughs> oh, yeah. Every single Barbie is freaky. If you see a Barbie, that Barbie has scissors, that Barbie has done everything. And mm-hmm. do you guys remember? Because what do you do? All there is to do is dress them up and then what else is there to do but dirty stuff with them right but do you remember yeah. like you would get your barbie and your kid the grocery store and they get their pet fixed they do stuff oh, okay they have a full life. <laughs> there's a, 
There's an astronaut Barbie, and she has 69 in Barbie space. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> but then well, it's a lot easier to do it there. Do you remember you would like dress up your Barbie and you would get her outfit all like perfect, and then it was time to make her fuck, and those Barbie clothes would take so long to come off. It was like there was like a little snap and then you had to like pull it over the big boobs. <laughs> well, you know, there's nothing sexier than, the, so- than yeah. the sound of, of Velcro when you're trying to get it on. Just a big <laughs> loud ripping <laughs> sound. I, yeah, but it is, I am like, you know, in some ways jealous of like the younger generation because of, you know, how much more open everyone is. And like, I feel like. I would like to go back with the people I know now and go back in time or be the, be that age now and kind of see what it would be like, you know, to be openly queer and to, you know, have people expressing their genders differently because I feel like, it, whoa, what? was <laughs> a trucker very excited. Yeah, it's a very open-minded trucker. I appreciate him. Thanks for the shout out. <laughs> so yeah, I'm glad to hear that it's, uh, I think I know that, but yeah, I guess I don't, you know, my, my niece and nephew are a little bit too young to like, talk to about that stuff yet so Mm -hmm. i don't really have any insight it's fascinating because i have like some lust for the younger generation of what they get but i'm Mm -hmm. also so grateful that i didn't grow up oh the good news is it's someone else's car who's in the way the bad news is that means i don't know how long he's gonna keep honking for yeah Um, (laughs) that's all all right we'll just say that he's agreeing with everything that we're saying it's no problem whatsoever did you guys have that when you were growing up when you were on school buses and it was really cool to do this get the bus driver oh Oh. yeah for sure yeah Yeah. the most satisfying feeling in the entire world i think Uh, that that is still out that's still happening so that let's ask the kids i'm very curious are the kids still doing this and getting bus drivers yeah are we still doing the Punk signal. I really, I really hope so. I hope that that is something we still have in common with them. <laughs> I. <laughs> It was so validating. It was like, it was like, oh, nostalgia for that. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, it was like, it's an adult doing what I'm telling them to do. An adult stranger sees me (laughs) and is following my commands. Yes. Uh, Very empowering. Absolutely. I know I've, I've read a lot about how um, like sex education in other countries, like they start super young because it's very like consent based for a few years because it's it's more just like that's what it's more based on. And then once consent becomes the foundation, then you can introduce other things down the line. And that's such a smart way, I think, of like building on it from such a young age. Like what an amazing foundation to have. <laughs> Any way other than the American way makes sense. Yes. yes. Yeah. What do we do now? I don't even know what happens now, like in sex education schools. I mean, it probably well, depends on the state, yeah. I would imagine, first of all. Like, I think. Yes. Yeah. I just remember Mr. Greg in health class when I was in 12th grade showing us a video of a woman giving birth. And we were all like, oh, my God. And then he said, don't look away. And then the placenta came out and then he <laughs> laughed. And that's what I remember from my sex ed. Wow. <laughs> I don't that's remember any it. of it. I don't remember getting the talk. I don't remember it in school. Really? Zero idea what was happening. Yeah. Ours was the first one I remember was fifth grade and they separated girls and boys and the boys got their own Mm. like boner video. And then ours was about like periods (laughs) and stuff. And they made our poor like regular teacher teach it to us. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, we had a stranger come in, which is actually almost worse because they, they just bring in this person you've never seen before and they were more rigid than my teacher. So it was a very strange swap. <laughs> yeah, like I can't tell what's worse is like making your teacher do that or dealing with somebody you trust 0%. 
exactly. I just felt bad because I really liked my fifth grade teacher and I feel like she felt compelled to like share anecdotes with us, which really I don't think she needed to do. Like I feel like she <laughs> anecdotes. Yeah. <laughs> like what? Um, not about like sex, just like about what it was like to get your period, like what it felt like, what oh, cramps felt okay. like and stuff and you know, she was being cool, but I just feel like she she was just was there to teach us like about the American Revolution. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. Bless teachers. Yeah. I'll just say they have a lot. I can't I'm, I can't believe all the shit that they have to encompass. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Shannon, uh, it says that you're you're a certified intimacy educator. Where, where does like what, what was like your education beyond just going to the library and and reading everything that you could about it? So initially, I went to school for journalism, and uh, that's a, in essence what I came out of school for. That I wrote a book that was called Late. This is in 2009 that got published, and then I was pushed to the forefront of the conversation around intimacy, which I was like, this is amazing, but I should get some education. So in Toronto, there's a university called University of Toronto. They had like a continuing education program to become a sex education counselor. So I did that and then worked in that space for a bit. And then when I moved to California, there was a school that was called the Institute for Advanced Study of Human Sexuality. And then I got uh, an associate in sex education and a clinical sexology certification there. And then I got a master's in psychology um, I'm now pursuing my grad in psychology, and then I'm also pursuing an ASEX certification as a sex educator, which should be finished in September. So I, there's no like finite place I went just to like yeah. get all the information, but just a, a history of wanting to learn more and wanting to ensure that I was getting like the newest up-to-date information throughout the years, and that probably will continue till I die. Yeah, I mean, great. Yeah, continuing education is amazing. I love it. Um, how and, and this is so dumb, but like in my head, I'm like, I imagine just like a, a slight like porno soundtrack in the background of like every class every time they're starting to show stuff off. It's not untrue. There's actually yeah. so the first school I went to that was in San Francisco. Um, they you have to do this course called SAR to become certified as a sex educator, sexologist, which is sex attitude reassessment. And I did it again last year, but I did a justice based framework one which was more just about all bodies, all people, all genders. Um, But the original one that I did was essentially just getting you comfortable with the idea that there's many ways to experience sex. And in short, you watch 40 hours of porn. Whoa. And wow. But it's not like you pick the category. Yeah, Um, I was going to say, yeah, how do you choose? The teacher like has all these instructions and they're they're meant to make you uncomfortable Mm -hmm. or make you think or drive discussion. Then you have conversations about it afterwards. And the goal is that from now on, if someone says to me, like, I'm into X, I'm not going to be like, what is that thing? I'll be like, oh, like I've heard of it. I've seen something similar. or I can empathize with that. So it's not unlike what you just said. There's also a lot of very boring stuff too. Like we did a whole unit on like, the erotology of like menus and how those had like sexual innuendos in France and like, you know, China and the history of sexology over there. So it was a lot of boring stuff, but also a lot of porn. Mix it yeah, up. yeah. <laughs> Academic mix, porn, yeah. I love it. It doesn't sound that different than just being a regular film major, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we have to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, 
Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Lady to Lady. I'm Brandy. I'm Babs. I'm Tess. I'm Shan. And uh, we're going to play a game to get to know you a little bit better and ask you some more questions. It's called Who, What, When, Where, Why. You get to hear one of our fantastic theme songs. Who, what, where, when? Who, what, where, when? Who, what, where, when? Who, what, where, when? Oh, I feel like that was my essence of trying to figure out how to come for until I was like 25. This? What? Why? <laughs> yeah. Like, why are you doing it like that? <laughs> All right, Shan, who do you go to for sex advice? Ooh, sex advice. That's interesting because relationship advice is like probably Esther Perel, Dr. Helen Fisher, Dr. Carrie Foster. Mm-hmm. I, I like Dan Savage for sex advice. Um, I like Horrible Decisions. This is Wheezy and Mandy for sex mm-hmm. advice. Um, but I also have the really great benefit of being a part. Like I'm a part of the National Coalition for Sexual Health. So I have access to sex experts and researchers who are way smarter than me. Mm-hmm. So I go there to learn a lot, school to learn a lot. And then I also like, like I partner with Layla. Um, and I've been with them for the past year. So I learn about like the newest, coolest sex toys from them firsthand. Ooh. And then I'm a uh, Bumble sex and relationship expert. So I get the benefit of like all their stats information about like what's happening in the world of dating today. What are the kids doing? <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. I learn like all the time from, I don't have a probably like guru per se, but I have the benefit. I think what I do selfishly, I just put myself in a position to like get really great information from way smarter people. <laughs> Can I ask you what your algorithm shows you in your ads? <laughs> oh, you know what, really? <laughs> I actually don't get sex toys. That's like one thing in my life, actually, I will say, if you want to give me a gift, do not send me a vibrator. I have unlimited vibrators coming out the ass. Every company who ever thinks I should make one, they send me one. I yeah. don't need any more. And I think that my ads hear me say that and they don't show it up because I, I think I just get jewelry. Mm, That's what okay. my Instagram constantly is like, bitch, this is what you like. Uh, but <laughs> nice. I like I like sex toys, too. I just got a lot of them. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I really, yeah, I got that rose one that went viral, and uh, yeah, I'm a fan. <laughs> That's good. <Recommend. laughs> you know who was it by? Who did that one? Who made that sex toy? I don't know. Um, I can't. I'm, you know, I think I bought it, and like maybe it was some offshoot that made it because I think it went viral, and then people were like, you know, making knockoffs. So I don't know if I got the original or not. Um, oh, yeah. lovely. Okay, well, you should put that in the show notes. People like to know. I will. I'll shout out. Is. I'll let people know. Because I feel like I remember back in the days, like the rabbit was, I feel like this is like the rat. Up, because you know, of Sex in the City, upgrade. I feel like. Or because of it was kind city, of a yeah. moment. And that's why Sex and the City did an episode. But then I feel like it was like a chicken or the egg situation. <laughs> right. Yeah. The Which like in retrospect, the rabbit was not very good. No. It's stupid. It was, Stem as no. fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like some beads in the shaft. It was just like not a good. It not was a good like feeling. it's not a. I think like pleasuring yourself is not a multitasker's job. You know what I mean? Like it's not like Stouffer's. Like just shove <laughs> it in the oven. I need something that does it really well. Like I don't right. need like the quick fix thing. So I like that today. Like there's literally a sex toy for every single particular thing designed specifically for that body part. And that's the way it should be. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Shan, what's the hottest phrase to hear from your partner? Oh, man, I'm just like, I, just, I so my turn on trigger is just like desire. So if he's like, your tits look amazing today, you look so fuckable today, you look fine as fuck today. 
I can't oh, wait yeah, that's to good like come inside you later today. Like <laughs> I need that direct, dirty language, but it has to be directive to me. So it can't be like, I'm so fucking horny. Like, and right. I just happen to be around. It has to be like, no, <laughs> you bitch, you turn me on. You're hot as fuck. You're sexy. Like, and that makes me want to do X, Y, and Z to you. That's my like recipe for success. Yeah, I hear that. I mean, I, that's a. I think that's my lingerie. I think it get like people like, oh, that's really a gift for the guy. It's like, no, I love wearing lingerie because I I love feeling beautiful and hot. Mm-hmm. And I think that that gets missing sometimes from the conversation about, especially in heter- heterosexual sexuality. Like, there's something hot about just feeling hot yourself and feeling desired yourself. Yeah, Esther Perel has an amazing talk about this. How for women, the number one turn on is themselves. And I have Mm -hmm. this conversation a lot when it comes to body hair, because, of course, this has become a politicized thing these days. And I don't shave for my partner. My partner does not care. I mean, to the benefit and also to a negative. My husband, if I look like this all done up, will treat me the exact same as if I look really bummy, which is nice, except when I'm all done up, I'm like, treat me special. (laughs) Uh, Similarly with hair, he's not like, you know, either neither here nor there about it. But for me it makes a difference mentally. And I feel more inclined to do more things and be more freaky or more experimental when I feel smooth myself. Yes. So it is more right. about me than my partner. Yes, I feel mm. that 100%. I'm the same way. I'm like a nothing below my eyelashes girl. And it's and <laughs> and it's not, and maybe it is on like some level because of the patriarchy, but it is. It's my, it's just how I like to experience my own body. It's not because I'm trying to like conform to anyone else's like idea of me. That's just how I like myself to be. Well, I'm right. equal because I like shaved balls and shaved pubes too. Like, <laughs> I like a man to be smooth as a seal. I don't like armpit hair. So it's not like I'm gendering. Right. I just think in general, like I'm going to run my, run my tongue along things. I don't want it to be like getting caught or have to pause to like take hair out of my mouth. So that's just. <laughs> yeah, there's hot. nothing like that oh. moment when you're like getting hot and heavy and you got to. <laughs> the little hair. <laughs> you try and do it slick at first, but it's not easy. So then you have to do it like really purposely, like lick the couch or something. Like it's a hard surface to get it off. <laughs> We're going to learn a lot from cats. Uh. <laughs> God, what you were saying about like, um, yeah, how it's not hot when they're just like, I'm horny and you just happen to be there. That brings me back to my single days just because I remember like the, the feeling of the overwhelming feeling being with um, a guy when they obviously just didn't care who you were, oh, you know, yes. like, which I think is so tough for femme people and for people who have any specific characteristics you know whether it's your race or your a type of body part like i have huge boobs and so whenever a guy i could tell that that's what they were into but it wasn't me you know it's just like the worst fetishizing it just feels so shitty like when they're like oh you're just a receptacle you're like gross like i'm oh like i want you to treat me like that sometimes but like in the way where you also respect me and like me for it's who not I that am. hard guys yes i was having this debate <laughs> with yeah, uh, dan savage about objectification versus degrading yeah and he's like i like to be objectified so he would like for someone to be like this you know you're an object of, to, of pleasure for me and this thing about you is a thing i'm like i like degrading because degrading you have to first acknowledge that i'm up here like, yeah, I like right. being like, yes. you're a queen, you're this, and then be like, but you're a dirty fucking slut. But we have to start at the top. Yes. Yeah. So I think that that's the difference. Yes. That's yeah. It's like how in an you email, a, a plus. Exactly. Well, you start out like, I hope your weekend's going well. And then 
As yeah. per my last email, where's my fucking check? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Got to ace a couple of tests first before you can start being degraded. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, where do you go when you want to impress someone? Oh, probably an event. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to how anyone else answers that question. That's I've never been asked it before in my life. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, like if I'm asked to go to an event, that's when I'm like, I must like I want to put myself in a certain way, or I want to put you know be in my best mind frames, like mingle and make the best of it. Um, yeah, how do other people answer that question? You're the first person we've asked. We, this is different. <laughs> yeah, we just wrote it for you today. <laughs> yeah, because I have no. We're doing. I don't know. Like, well, like if someone is coming internet? in town, if someone's coming in town and you want to take that, like, where's like, where oh, do you take where do I take people? Them? Yeah, to like oh peacock God. a little bit and be like, this is me and my girl, my Look fucking here. home. Yes. <laughs> that's really it. it. I mean, if I yeah. invite you over, it means I want you to know, like, I've done some shit in this world, and look. This is the dwelling nice. that represents that. Hell yeah. I, I have um, my my family coming to visit me soon, my brother and his wife and my niece and nephew, and I, they've never come to stay with me. I don't think they've ever seen my place. So I'm like, yeah, like I'm so excited to prep for them and you know what I mean, mm-hmm. like make it really mm-hmm. nice. It's going to be so fun. Yes. It's like basically like a, like a montage or like a slideshow of how great yeah. you are. Without you having to like sit down and say, watch the slideshow. Are you, are you like big into like home decor blogs and stuff like that? Are you constantly adding stuff or do you have your shit kind of on lock for the moment? No, actually, you know what? For the very first time in my life, I just hired an interior designer um, for something. Cause I was like, yeah, bitch. Like, you know, when you start getting little stuff, like I started getting a stylist um, for a show Mm -hmm. a couple years ago and I was like, yeah, I could dress, but I'm not that great at it. And I am good maybe to a degree, but Mm -hmm. I'm not out there seeing what the new stores are. or I'm not constantly in the zeitgeist of it. So one of my favorite quotes is to sell your strength and to buy your weaknesses when you don't have money. It's not anyone's favorite quote, (laughs) but you can barter your strengths and then barter your weaknesses. Yes. Um, So now I'm kind of trying to really get to that space too of like, let me just do what I'm actually good at and then enlist the expertise of other people because I'm not somebody who has a Pinterest page and who looks through catalogs. And so if if I was more of that person, I probably would be better at it. Right. I mean, yeah, I hate wasting time on stuff that I'm not actually that good at. Like being, if I was able to outsource certain things, that would be very nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, and a good a good interior designer or like stylist is also going to be like, oh, what do you, you know, they're going to play off of you and like what you like too. And then they just know all the the actual versions right. of that that really elevate what you bring. Yeah. Already. And I will say that, I mean, the person I found was most, so much more affordable. Sometimes I always end up being the thing too, like a cleaner. I don't mm-hmm. know if you ever gone through that phase, like cleaners are for rich people. And mm-hmm. then you like look it up online. You're like, oh, I can afford yeah. a cleaner to come to my apartment and to like hook it up. So I really don't have to yeah. spend the entire day and they have the actual equipment. So sometimes too, it's like not as inaccessible as you think. And then mm-hmm. if you think about what you could do during that time, what you're really great right. at and how you could generate more potential for yourself, it's like a really easy trade. The only issue I'm facing now as I allow these luxuries into my life is that none of once they're there, they got to stay there. Like I have to maintain that income because I can't like go. I, I just started having someone come clean my house and now I'm never going to not have someone come clean my house. You know what I mean? Like, but I, in a way I think that's good. Cause it's like, bitch, you better keep the treadmill set at this speed and you better keep running. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. One last one before we go to break. Uh, 
Oh, it's a good one. one. Why is <laughs> yeah? Why is cereal so good? Oh, probably because it's pumped full of sugar and preservatives <laughs> and all of the things that gets your brain hooked that the grocery industry thrives off of. Damn. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that is the right. That is the it's answer. It's one of the most like unhealthiest things you can eat. Um, anything that yeah. doesn't go bad, there's something yeah. wrong with it. Um, I mean, I'm not a nutritionist, so don't get me wrong. Like I've done I'm not for sure. But I yeah. watched I watched a Netflix documentary once, <laughs> and but I remember the Netflix documentary just said like when you go to a grocery store, everything in the middle is pretty much trash. Oh yeah, you're supposed to like stay on the outer edges. Oh. Yeah, and cereal's right smack in the middle. So I never thought. Yeah. You know what? Here's some good news. Wine is usually on the outside. <laughs> it's like next to the yep. produce <laughs> I know cereal's so bad for you and that is why like I'm super addicted to it I can't really have it in the house because I will eat the yeah. whole box in one day like it is same I love it so much and it is impossible to like it's be versatile around. it's delicious yeah there's so it's, many different flavors yeah. it's nostalgic well and like yeah. can, yes, there's many can any of us eat just one bowl like is it no. you just don't do it I usually go at least a bowl and a half because then you're like equaling out the, the milk ratio. The milk, that's exactly. Left <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, now I want oh cereal. Boy. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're all gonna take a cereal break, and we're gonna be back with uh, some lady problems with Shan. Everybody, we're back on Lady to Lady. I'm Babs. I'm Brandy. I'm Tess. I'm Shan. And um, we're going to do some lady problems, which, like I said, I'm very excited to do with Shan uh, in the house today. So if you have one, yeah, yeah. write to us at ladytoladycomedy at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 323 6 30 Let's roll the theme song. All right, so this one's written in. um, I've been dating my boyfriend for almost a year now. He's amazing, and I love him so much. He makes me feel comfortable, and I can talk to him about almost anything. We also have a great sex life. He's definitely a giver in bed, which is great for me because I'm very lazy. A (laughs) (laughs) A lot of times he'll ask me what I like or if there's anything I want him to do or do differently. This sounds great, and I do appreciate it, but for some reason I get really shy and embarrassed about verbalizing what I like or even showing him what I like myself. Don't get me wrong, I love to make dirty jokes all the time, but for some reason when it comes to that situation, I get all quiet. I think part of it is I don't know how to tell him what I like or want. It's not that I don't know what I like. My vibe and I I have a great relationship. I just struggle to put it into words or to, quote, direct him, and he's pretty good on his own. I want to be sex positive and confident, and he's definitely helped make me more so. But how do I get over this weird mental block I have over telling him how to use his fingers and such? Do you ladies have any suggestions? I know men usually need a lot of training in that department, so hopefully y'all will have some insight. (laughs) That last sentence. (laughs) Yes. Yes, they do. (laughs) I mean, you're starting out from a great place, which is that he is asking, which I think is like the fact that he's like interested in doing it. I feel like you're, you know, already ahead of the game. I love the use of the word language here because I think that's something we take for granted. 
right? If I go to France, I'm not going to be like, why can't I communicate with the people? It's like, I mm-hmm. don't know the language. I don't know the words. I'm not in practice of using them. I don't watch videos or movies where I see it utilized, where it becomes a part of my vocabulary. So there is a specific language to describing your intimate needs. It's like, you ever try to describe the taste of something that's like not sweet, not sour, not spicy, not tangy. And you're like, mm-hmm. it's kind of gritty. Like when you don't have the word for it, you can get these like tongue tied ways. Like try to explain how Wi-Fi works. Like we don't like it's yeah in the cloud and it goes to <laughs> yeah. the and my phone lets me post pictures. Like yeah. if you're not in the practice of being in that space. So I think first and foremost is to immerse yourself in more sex ed content and podcasts like this one and like other places that give you tools. I love a site. It's called OMG. Yes. I think it's a great starter tool for language. It talks about the 12 different ways um, that many people evolve as orgasm. And it has specific language for things like orbiting. And I find that You know, when someone says a word, you're like, what does that mean? You're like, oh, that word perfectly describes me. Mm. Um, And so you might hear these words like cocktailing and be like, that's exactly what I like. Or I like tapping. So wait, orbiting? What is orbiting? When direct clitoral stimulation is uncomfortable or painful for you. So it's going around that actually feels good for you. And tapping Mm. is literally that. People who it's like the stroke or maybe a constant lick doesn't feel good. But when they orgasm, they actually just like tap either on the clitoris or around it. So see, they give you both visual examples, they give you terms, and then they also give you explanation for these various terms. Porn is also amazing in this way, right? Mm-hmm. Like ethical porn, I'd say, and that usually is porn that's created by like women filmmakers or directors or that is performer first. Like Erica Lust is a great one. Balesa is a great place to go for that. Um, but watching these videos where people do have the language, they can communicate it in a sexy way because dirty talk essentially is a like it's the slang of intimate language. And so you're mm. expressing to someone what you like, you're communicating what your needs and desires are, but you're doing it in a way that also facilitates and emphasis and enhances the actual act itself. Um, that might be level two. So level one is like get the technical terms, be clear on yourself, like write out a list of questions for you. Like, how do I like how do I get off? What gets me horny? What are my sexual accelerators? What are my sexual breaks? What are my erogenous zones? Like whatever specific questions that you have for yourself, actually write it out and then write the answers. And if you're like, I don't actually know how to describe that, that's a starting point for you to get further education there. And then once you have that firm language for yourself, you can find creative and fun ways to explain that to your partner. Um, And speaking of porn, sometimes even just sending your partner a video is a great tool. Like mm-hmm. there, I have one of my favorite points is like this erotic massage, this person, they get like a Yoni massage. So it's instead of like finger banging, right. It's like a full treat of the mons pubis and the labia minora, like vulva mapping is a great thing to look up to for that. And then I send that sometimes to like, are you sending new sexual partners? And that's also a way of communicating what you like in the bedroom. So your homework is to like watch more dirty send shit. Them ho- yeah watch dirty yeah. shit and then send them homework yes right yes exactly <laughs> totally and i think it makes sense to figure that out before you're like in like the heat of the moment too because then you're like i don't I, I don't i'm not thinking with that part of my brain right now but if you've like actually thought about it at a different point you can actually like recall it quicker too i think it's for everything you know you guys mentioned yeah. my bio off the top i literally mm-hmm. did that because 
This is a major issue I found for women in particular, wherein that these basic questions that you know you're going to get asked, you actually don't have a plug and play answer for it. Mm-hmm. And these are moments like to the point that you made so beautifully is like, yeah, like Babs, like this guy is actually asking. So mm-hmm. we want our partners to ask, but when they do, because we've never actually concretely come up with a response for ourselves, we get tongue tied. So how many mm-hmm. times at a party is like, does somebody ask your friend who's like literally saving California from the water crisis? What do they do for a living? And they fumble the ball. Because they're like, uh, I just, you know, I I don't do anything important. I'm just like, I work for like the water industry. And then the person rolls over that conversation and you lost the opportunity to talk about the thing that you know best that makes you look like a boss bitch. So I had a formula that I wrote out for people. Like, here's how you describe what you do for a living. And it's Mm -hmm. a plug and play thing that no matter where you go or when someone asks you, whether it be in an Uber or it's on an amazing podcast like this, you've got something that clearly expresses something that's really important about you. The same thing should apply for your pleasure. Like, don't just leave it up to serendipity or to the moment really get like specific, have written responses. And then of course you can edit them or tweak them as like the moment calls for it. But I think that we leave way too much up to like, I should just be able to do it in the moment. No, it doesn't work that yeah. way. I love, especially in the society that we live in, that is so not, I mean the, the mainstream society that we live in is so not with an eye to female sexuality. So we're already, I feel like starting like a few steps behind of, you know, like a straight man where every single movie for whatever reason is set in a strip club or whatever. Like there, we're so used to seeing <laughs> heterosexual male sexuality be at the forefront of things that I think they do have a leg up ahead of us in terms of knowing what they want. You know, they've been able to like Google different kinks that they have and find porn that's specific to their kinks. Whereas we, I think have to work a little bit harder to find ethical porn or feminist porn or things that are more gauged to us. So it makes sense that we wouldn't have as specific of a language for it. Yes. Well, yeah, and we're just, yeah, more harder to figure out physically. So, <laughs> Which like, is also catch a lot more instructions. You know, what's really interesting for me is starting to talk to a lot of men about their sex life, which I didn't really do for a big part of my career. I probably started that like seven years ago. Because mm-hmm. before I was like, had that, like every dude's so simple. They're all the same. When I started to have these conversations with men about what they liked and what they didn't like, it was my best example is that I had two back-to-back interviews. Day one, the guy was like, can I get a PSA to all women? Stop giving hand jobs. You're not going to be as good as me. I've been doing hand jobs since I was nine years old, 10 times yeah. a day. Like you're not going to be able to compete. Um, mm-hmm. So stop. And then the next guy day two was like, the only way that I orgasm is from hand jobs. <laughs> so I don't like penetration. Else I'll do it. But honestly, like I love somebody who can really give a great hand job. And I was like, wow, like there's so much more nuances to people with penises, sexuality and their pleasure repertoire and their needs um, that we take it for granted, which can actually be a heart, a hurtful thing to mm. many of them, because if they yeah. like something a little to the left or a little right, to the right, right, right. most mm-hmm. women don't even think to ask because we're like, Oh, I know what you like a little tickle on the balls, yeah. a little to throw. <laughs> I'm going to pretend it's so big. I'm going to talk about how huge you are. I'm going to do yeah. the, you know, doggy style and you're going to have the best sex ever. And the guy's like, that's actually not anything that I like. That's at all. so interesting. Yeah. That's totally the other side of that coin. You're right. It's all been like, kind of like advertised as mm-hmm. if it is, Cheerios, when in fact there's grape no- grape yeah. nuts and Fruit Loops and everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining a guy being like telling me like, "Don't give me hand jobs," and me being like, "Yeah, that's fine." <laughs> well, here's my thing, and I actually used to have a stand up joke about this because that whole there's so many. Don't I've been doing it since I was eight. You know what? 
we've all been fingering ourselves since we were eight too. have a little fucking appreciation, have a little appreciation. <laughs> and that's fine if you don't like hand jobs, but that doesn't mean that you're going to get a fucking 10 minute blow job in lieu of that every single time. Right. That might've been all of us offering. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's good too. Normalizing sexual play that just engages with the woman's genitals and gets her off. And that can be the end of the sex act too. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, I was thinking about a world where that's like, I don't want a hand job. Like, well, it's all we're offering today. I'm out of everything else. So. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. That's the kitchen is 86. Here. Every other item. If you'd like to eat, exactly. sit down. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the show and for, assisting us in our advice it was so fun to meet you thank you for having me thank you for flexibility we were supposed to do this a couple of weeks ago and i literally the day up was like i can't i have covid mm-hmm. and you guys probably like everybody's had covid uh but it sucked for me yeah I, it's oh. make it's really making it, it depends my husband had it too and literally he's never felt better in his life really uh, myself and my daughter were just like taken out by it so thank you for being oh, gracious geez. compassionate incredible nurturing women and for creating a space for me to show up when i felt like i could be a better version of myself and i hope that i delivered and uh thank you for all that you do you are just a delight thank you so much she's just a peach guy it's okay Uh, where where can everybody find you online i'm just going to request my podcast because they were listening to a podcast so wherever you're listening to this jump on over to lovers and friends it's my pride and joy um don't tell my daughter this might be my favorite baby. <laughs> we all have our favorite, our work baby. Our exactly. Work there baby. we yeah. go. Yes, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Thank you so much, Anne. Have a wonderful day and we'll see y'all next time. Bye. 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 Three, two, three, six, but 30. It's six, but 30 somewhere. Hey ladies. Your show it brings me so much joy every time I listen to it. And honestly, I just wanted to share some good news that happened in my life. Me and my partner just celebrated seven years of being together. And last weekend, we took a trip out to Colorado, went to the Rocky Mountain National Park, and I freaking proposed. I did it, and now we're engaged. And I'm just so excited. And I just wanted to share it with my favorite lady. I love you all so 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 much. Bye. Hi, ladies. Uh, I'm a new convert from Winnie and Those Days Back to Great Network, but so love you guys and stoked to hear you every week. I just want to say I just listened to the most recent episode, and I am fully here for Brandy's Vengeance Corner. That needs to be a full thing that happens, and I want to hear about it every single week. And you guys are amazing, and I love you. Okay, uh, thanks. Bye. Lady to Lady is produced by Katie Levine. Get tons of bonus content, discounted tickets for live shows, and lots more at patreon.com slash lady to lady. Follow us on Instagram at lady, the number two, lady comedy. And give your input on lady problems and get info about upcoming live shows. And hey, don't forget to follow our individual accounts on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Babs Gray, Brand Dazzle, and Testify Barker. Follow Lady to Lady on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen so you don't miss an episode. If you like what you hear, you can rate and review the show. Visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Lady to Lady merch.